You've just found your way to CX in the Wild. Season 2. Where Dennis Wakabayashi is again on safari around the world. Capturing candid conversations with the leading executives in the customer experience and marketing industries. And now, let's step into this episode of CX in the Wild. That's just how it goes sometimes is, you know, that's, that's the nature of being in the wild. So here we are, CX in the wild. Tell me who you are and what you do. All right. Well, my name's Kelly. I am the vice president of operations for Reliant Teleservices. Uh, we are a BPO company, uh, all American agents, U.S.-based, Western Pennsylvania. Um, and I oversee all of operations. So we also have a fulfillment department. Um, I see that as well. But uh, yeah, we just we're here to take calls for people. Here's why I stopped you, dragged you onto this podcast. I I see a lot of BPOs, I see a lot of outsourcing, and I never have seen anyone doing it based in the United States. And so I was fascinated. Plus, I'm from Texas, and y'all had on cowboy hats, so I thought I need to talk to these folks. Can you tell me tell me more about the history of your business? Why are you here at customer contact week. All right. So we opened in 2005. Uh, we have a core product that we own, which is a credit card offer. Uh, we do our own customer service for that. And we found out that we are really good at it. So um, it all started with the J. Peterman company. That was the first company that we did uh, call center work for. Um, we did them for about two years, and about a year in, we decided that this was something we needed to get out and market ourselves for, and the rest is history. Wow. How big are you now? Um, we're a mid-sized call center. Uh, we have about 200 seats, um, but we do hybrids, so we could expand beyond that if we needed to. And what, do you, what is your offering to the marketplace exactly? If I'm a person listening and I want to do business with you, what am I looking for? You're going to care about your customers and want them to speak to an American who can empathize with them, um, who has passion. Uh, really, that's that's the client that we're looking for. It's, it's going to be somebody who doesn't want their customer calling and getting someone overseas who doesn't understand, you know, what their problem is or, or I don't want to say that they don't care, but they can't care like we do. I think, you know, I, I'm interested about this from the cultural dynamic because I'm a firm believer that the economy is global. I, I just I just was talking to another gentleman about quiet quitting. I hear about quiet quitting in the U.S. And, and I just, it hits me because there are people all over the world who want jobs. Mm. And so it's sort of a, it's a strange dynamic in the U.S. where we're like talking about actively not having a work ethic and and so I just I think that drives a lot of why people go out of market because people in other markets want to work but I think you bring in this element of cultural relevancy I think there's a there's an argument to be made for cultural diversity but I think you're talking about cultural relevancy the importance of having someone in your own backyard who knows um, 
so much more just intuitively about what um, the consumer is um, faced with. And I think there is an importance of uh, relativity between if I'm a customer and I have a problem, I would might want to talk to somebody else who's also a customer who has that problem. Is that sort of what you're 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 doing there? That's exactly right. Yes, absolutely. So um, we we understand. We go through the same thing that uh, our clients' customers go through. So therefore, we can better assist them. Right. Right. What are what kind of uh, what kind of success do you have with that? That's like what I'm looking for there is just if my audience is listening, they're going to say, well, I could go out of market where I, I already know there's a high desire for work. There is a cost benefit. There is um, economies of scale. But I see you nodding. Maybe some of that's available right here in the United States. It is. Um, and I know when people think BPO, they automatically think overseas. And it, a lot of times just comes down to the dollar um, that it's cheaper, you know, for them. But if you sit down and look at the numbers, it's really not that expensive for the quality that you're going to receive, you know, from having a domestic call center handle your clients for you, your customers for you. Um, you think there's a quality difference? A thousand percent. Tell me, unpack that. I want to hear <laughs> hear about that why besides an accent or let's say fluency in language i mean okay i think where I'll, I'll agree with you is i think if you're doing customer care for cheeseburgers people in the united states know more about cheeseburgers <laughs> but you know tell me about tell me about that quality thing you're talking about uh as you said it's you know the accent um but if it's a product that is serving people in America, pe people handling those customers in America, my, my agents, they're using those same products. Um, so, Okay, so there's a, a benefit to using the products. I see that. I agree with that. Yes. Um, but I think a lot of the times, and I, I don't want to say – Again, um, call centers in uh, India or the Philippines don't have the passion or the empathy, you know, that that we do. Yeah. Um, but I hear it. I can hear American agents versus, you know, the the foreign agents. Their their tone is just more empathetic. You know, they can sympathize. Um, they're passionate about their customer service and uh, or sales. You know, they they're just stronger sales agents and. When you're trying to sell a product, if we're, we're looking at the sales side of things. But isn't that just training? Some of it is training, um, yes. But I think the, the personality, and again, I, I don't want to put know, a negative spin yeah, on. Let me, let, let me help you with the language because <laughs> you are, you're representing a company. I'm representing myself, so I can be a little bit more dodgy with how we explore this. But I think you're, first of all, let me just say thank you because it is a sensitive topic and it is something we want to we want to explore responsibly and mm -hmm. inclusively. So I see you doing that with me. So I, that's why I'm jumping in to use some of the words. <clears throat> here's here's what I think I heard so far is there is a relevancy of people in the market who use the in-market products providing customer care and resolution. There is a um uh there's just a familiarity 
that maybe you don't get if you're uh, in a different country. You know, it's like when I go to visit another country, as much as I love visiting uh, Italy, I'm a little bit out of context, even if I'm friendly, even if I'm warm and I want to be there and I'm happy, there's a little bit of, uh, the context is a little bit different. So I think if I'm being thoughtful about your business, you have a, one of the unique advantages is just simply in market context. That's exactly and, right. And that's not really a statement about people. It's like, it's just, it's a fact of being located. So that's one advantage to working with your company. Absolutely. <clears throat> Tell me about the, um, and I think the other thing I was thinking of when you said that is, one thing I notice is in other markets, they're hungry to get the jobs. I just had another podcast where we were talking about in uh, Colombia, they, they were facing this uh, stereotype of all these things, the entertainment, movies, all that. But really, they're as a culture, like we don't want to live in those stereotypes. If you work with us, we're going to give you world class service and, and show you what Colombia is the people are really about <clears throat> then that was his business i just got back from africa where a lot of people are sending work to africa africa has this uh, ubuntu idea it's a, a sense of warmness and empathy between people they're translating that warmth into a business asset so there's a cultural desire to work and they have this warmth that they're exporting outwardly and i think getting to your business I'm, I suddenly am curious, I bet you there are a lot of customer care agents who are also like, hey, we want to work, we want to do this job, they're exporting all of these jobs outside, and we're raising our hand to say we do great resolution as well. So that's an interesting reverse dynamic I'm sort of witnessing. Am I accurate there at all? You're absolutely accurate, yes, yes. So um, I'm, where we're located in Western Pennsylvania, uh, customer service is, is big. You know, that's a big employer. And by moving call centers <clears throat> offshore, uh, we're, we're taking those jobs away from them. You know? So having an outsourcing center that is domestic is giving an opportunity for the people you know, in our communities that want to do that, an opportunity to do that. Tell me about... The, the price issue is how do you tackle that conversation? Um, you so, said it's not as much as, but I think on quality, but yeah, go ahead. I'm, I mean, I was talking to a gentleman <clears throat> yesterday and uh, when I told him what our prices were, um, he was shocked. It was much, much cheaper than he had expected. And I know that there, I believe is one or two other onshore domestic uh, outsourcing centers and they charge uh, a lot more than we do. We, aren't looking to make a fortune. Um, we're here to help companies that want the English agents, the American-based agents. Um, how we tackle it, uh, Is it you know, we don't, be, we don't beat around the bush. Um, we're very straightforward with them. We understand they can go somewhere else and that they can get it cheaper. And that makes sense, you know, sometimes for companies. Uh, what we are looking for are the ones that have the customer base where having the English you know, the domestic agents. The in-market. Yes, that's, need the in -market that's what we're looking for. Um, is it much more? Uh, yes. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's not. Um, 
we do $24 an hour for a dedicated agent. But if a company were to sit down and run their own call center here, you know, in the U.S., after you pay your agent and you look at your taxes and then you have to have your own management crew for them, um, they're saving money at the end of the day. I'm just going to say this. As I listen to you, I'm not convinced it's entirely that much cheaper, to your point, to go into these other markets. I think that it's just the narrative. There's a, the people who are leveraging these other markets, <clears throat> they certainly the labor is cheaper, um, but that labor isn't staying cheap. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, I would say if I peeled back the, 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 the curtains, a lot of the people or businesses I know that are outsourcing, they're not entirely trying to get the cheapest labor. They're not trying to, um, if anything, the majority of leaders I see going into other markets are trying to empower a group of people who are, are not necessarily, um, in the best economic status, and they're using this as a, a way to invigorate an economy or an invigorate a group. And so that whole process costs money, mm -hmm. and they're elevating those that group. And it's a different cause, but at the same time, you're 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 doing the same thing. You're just providing jobs to people who'd like to work, and you're doing it a little closer to home. Mm -hmm. And I would venture to guess to say the cost. Um, gap as we become global, I don't think that divide is going to continue to stay wide. I think it's closing every day. I see that. Uh, I see that in every skilled uh, labor, every skilled, every job that's outsourced. I see all of those costs going up. I remember when you could work in this in the Philippines for just a few dollars an hour, mm -hmm. and now we're in we're in the double digits already. And so, you know, that. When we think of global economy, it includes domestic. Yes. I'm saying a lot for you, but I'm trying to be sensitive. I don't want you to say anything that might be triggering for people, and I'm just externally processing. I, please tell me if I'm saying things wrong. or. Oh, no, no. You're absolutely fine, and you're right. You're 100% right. What are so, the things that I've said you agree with? Just um, Well, I mean, I, I agree with uh, the economies in the other countries, you know, growing, um, and that that price gap is not going to be so different. Um, we're seeing it here. I mean, we've had to increase our agents pay recently, you know, with the way things oh are going with inflation. In, yes. Um, we haven't increased our rate, you know, since doing that. So, Oh, uh, yes. Um, we stand again, we're not in it to make a giant profit. Um, of course we're a business. Every business has to make money to, to operate. That's why you're in business. Um, but we're passionate about customer service too. Um, and we care about our communities. You know, the owner of our company, mm. he is a very big figure in our community. Uh, so we want to be there to as as a place of employment uh, for, you know. That's not for, a, that's not un, un, not that's not dissimilar to a reason why a lot of people build these businesses in communities. And tell me about around the world. So I'm glad to I, I'm glad to see it happening. I like, thank you for talking to me. Can you tell me, um, you're, you're in operations. Yes. You've seen probably a lot. Yes. In terms of how the operations of a business like this run, how you find the right agents, how you create the right culture, the right training. I know everybody does this. 
but you're doing it in the United States, and the American worker is different than the rest of the world. Can you talk to me about what it's like to cultivate in this this quiet quitting uh, world? So I think something that we found one of the most important things is um, keeping your employees engaged. Uh, you know, letting them have a voice and not just being uh, a number. So every employee that we have, I personally uh, have a, a relationship with. You know, I know about them. We know about their families. Um, and we care about them. And I think that that is a number one thing is just letting them know that they're valued and that they're not replaceable. Because I think a lot of people, when they go to work, they just feel like, you know, if I left tomorrow, they would just fill my seat. And that's not the case with us. It isn't. Um, no, no. We care about each and every one of them uh, a lot. How do you guys, everybody says that, but I get the sense you kind of do it because just from your energy and the way you're, you're, you're processing these questions but for real everybody says that how 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 do we know it's happening at at reliant um i guess so for me i'm very passionate about my team they're like a family um i tell them i see them more than i see my actual family uh I know when their kids are sick, you know, I, uh, would, I'll reach out to them, you know, when they, they have to miss work, we don't penalize them if they have to miss work to, for family affairs or things like that, where a lot of people roll their eyes, you know, oh, Janie's calling off work again. Um, no, instead we'll call and see how your child's doing. Um, because I actually care, you know, I have kids myself. I know and how is it everybody goes. remote or everybody's, uh, we do hybrid. Okay. So, um, we found everybody loved remote in the beginning, and then everyone got real sick of being remote uh, after about a year. So we have both of our offices open, and we let employees come in and work in the office. Um, but if they need to work from home, they work from home. We have two machine setups for them so that they have the luxury of doing you know, what it is that fits, fits what they need. Um, and they can call us in the morning you know, if they want to work, but their kid is sick. Uh, they work from home that day because their kid can't go to school. Do, and, you, do you have an on-site parties or like tell me about these things oh. that bring the culture together like you know you um, care about them if they're sick they need they need emergency but what else is the glue that happens um so we do uh you do your typical you know potlucks and things like that which those have actually kind of died down since covid yeah. um but during the days uh we have a skee ball machine in our call center so um we play skee ball we play giant jenga um we do trivia games, things like that. Uh, we reward them, you know, with cash commissions uh, by playing these games just to kind of keep them, just to give them a break, you know, get off the phone for a minute, get up, move more, around. More in the, in the workplace than just work. Exactly. Um, it's fun. Uh, I bring my, I have a six-year-old and when she comes in, um, I can't get her to leave. And I try to explain to her that not every, every office is like this, but uh, you know, both of my children, they, you know, come in there and they see it and it's, it's a fun atmosphere. And I think that that's important too, because uh, work can get mundane, you know, it's the same thing over and over every day, uh, but you have to do it. You have to go to work to survive. So keeping that type of atmosphere is important. Is everybody who works for you local to Pennsylvania or? Yes. Yep. So you're employing predominantly people within your community. So that's, that's a little bit different. Yes. Yep. What, what if what if I work in what if I'm in Colorado and I want to work for you? Um, so we want to hire people that can make it into office. So we won't do 100% remote um, because we feel that the presence of 
the agent and the management team getting to know each other uh, is important. And I know that a lot of companies allow the 100% remote, um, but it just it doesn't fit our, our culture and our company. You really are talking about culture and community and and context and um, you know that's an interesting dynamic that I think I'm glad you talked to me. Is there is there something if if I'm a if I'm a business owner and I'm out there and I think you know I want to I want to also invest locally in the United States with with Reliant. What's the perfect customer for you? Um, the perfect customer would be somebody with a customer base um, or has a product that we are using in the U.S. Um, that my agents would know, you know, For that instance, they would understand. Give me some examples. Um, well, something we just did was, uh, and this isn't really a product, um, but we just did disaster relief calls for the Red Cross for Hurricane Ian. Um, okay. you know, that's, that's something that you need to keep yeah. domestic, yeah. you know? Um, and, uh, it was, those were tough calls, you know, people in distress, but my agents sympathized, mm. you know, they were there, they supported the callers. Um, we seen tears, you know, we cried together. Yeah. Um, but then we had at the end of it, you know, some better news as people were being found. So, uh, then we cheered, you know, with the callers that, that things, you know, took a positive spin. Um, we're looking for things like that where they need, they need that empathy. They need that sympathy. Um, yeah, I see what you're saying now. It, it is when we were first talking about, it, I thought it was just simply as much as being in the same market with the same products, but you that's really important. What you're saying, those things that I, I, I can say this and I don't mean this in a, in an improper way, but, Things that are truly American mm -hmm. and having Americans, not that that, why does that have to be a bad thing? Let's make it normalize that it just simply is, uh, uh, it's American specific situations where Americans can be there is a great fit. And so. And I agree. And that's, I mean, we, we agree that outsourcing overseas makes sense and it makes sense a lot of the times, but there's just certain, certain things that don't belong outsourced. I don't know why. Overseas. I don't know why. I'm in Texas and and you're in Pennsylvania, but sometimes I feel like I'm really cautious about saying American things for, you know, trying to match up American people with American things because I want to be, I want to be conscientious. You're, you're even saying you're, you're inclusive of the business practices, the business models where it makes sense. I don't know why. I'm nervous for me even to say American agents for American companies is like an advantage, but I'm a little nervous to say it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm so nervous. I don't want you to have to say it because it's scary. Like somebody's going to cancel us for yeah. just saying that, but it's not meant to be, um, a, it's not meant to be a criticism. You know, I no. think, I think I would say, you know, I grew up in Denver, Colorado. If, I was uh, answering the phone for the Denver Broncos. I probably want a Denver Broncos fan. Just saying. It's like not not that not that not that Dallas doesn't have fans that are equally valuable. It's just sometimes that fit. And I wonder how we can. I hope me talking about it helps to normalize 
this idea that it's okay. It's okay if you're in um, if you're in London. It's okay not to outsource your call center agents to the United States. You might want absolutely. Anyway, I, I I'm saying all this because I know you're in a tough place. Is, is, is it, or am I just making that up? No, no, and that's you're right. You know, it's we're not trying to offend anybody, or yeah. you know, and I, we don't think that sending calls overseas is awful because it absolutely makes sense. A lot of the times it makes sense. Um, but we also think that it's times that it makes sense to keep it in America. And that's why we're here. Yeah. And I think your example is really spot on. And I can see why from a heartfelt place, that would be so rewarding in terms of the whole dynamic of servicing that tragedy. And, Absolutely. Um, all right. So how do they get in touch with you again? Um, well, they can, uh, your business if they want to, yep, they can find our webpage, reliantteleservices.com. Um, and they can contact us right through there. Uh, we're also on LinkedIn, uh, Reliant Teleservices through LinkedIn. Um, if you're at CCW, find us here. We're in booth 219. Um, but yeah, we're out there. So, well, thank you so much for talking to me. I, is there anything else I missed that you might want to share with an audience and, or we, not trying to put words in your mouth, but I just, if there's anything else, I, I love your story. I appreciate that you took the time to talk to me about it because it is a little bit of a niche topic. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you letting me be heard. All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this edition of CX in the Wild. If you've enjoyed the show today, please share it with someone else who appreciates this kind of original content. And be sure to visit DennisWakabayashi.com to catch up with Dennis or find out where we're going to be on our next CX in the Wild adventure.